We're here to talk about LG Scooby T Do Plus. Here's a question. Are you proud of that? No, no, I'm not. I'm deeply ashamed. Well, that's too bad because it's Pride Month. Oh, shoot. No, no, the wrong month to be ashamed. But wait, it's Pride Month for LGBTQ plus people. Isn't that mean it's, Which... it's shame month for us hetero folk? Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, I'm barely bi, as we say in this episode. So this, this is a straight, a straight shaming episode. This is just a straight shaming episode. We don't shame straight people. We never would do that. No, we, we are here to talk about... LGBTQ plus issues and topics in the context of Scooby-Doo because it's Pride Month, folks. Yeah, I thought this would be nice. I know that Toronto has a whole bunch of like Pride festivals and whatnot going on. I, I also thought it'd be nice. We, we thought it'd be nice. Yeah, I thought it would be nice. I thought this would be a nice way to just celebrate uh, people who identify as such and to give them a little bit of a spotlight. We've never done this in the history of our podcast. Uh, we haven't, although every episode we do open up with a theme song that you'll hear in a second. That, so I guess we're kind of putting our money where our mouth is for the first time. Our mouths. We have more than one mouth between us. We have never had any mouths between us. <laughs> I don't know. There's been a couple times where we've been standing on opposite sides of a room and there's some people each with a mouth in between us. A real human centipede kind of situation. Oh, gosh. <laughs> That's how, that's how I, that's what I ask about any new Human Centipede movie. Hey, how many mouths are there from start to end? What are we looking at here? What's the numbers? Why did they stop making those? That's, you know, Human Centipede movies are rated on mouths out of 10. <laughs> this is, I don't like that we went there for this episode. I, I apologize. That's not really what we're going to get into here. But yeah, we're here to talk about Scooby-Doo in that context. We're talking about Fred, Shaggy, Daphne, Velma, even Scooby when it comes to being uh, lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, uh, queer questioning, plus, or a few other things. Uh, and that's it. I sincerely hope you learned something if maybe you're not as in tune with this stuff. I learned a little bit. Luke learned a lot. I, I learned quite a bit. I'm, I'm always embarrassed at how much I have to learn, but I would be more embarrassed if I didn't make the effort to learn. So listen, enjoy. If you're LGBTQ, we are your Scooby-Doo's. And then we're here to talk about LGBTQ+. So math. We're talking about math. We're talking about math. So the question is, what are we adding to that? And then what's the result? You know, that's actually weirdly the perfect segue into we're going to add our own perspective to that. Yeah, what what are we adding? And And maybe more importantly... Who are we to add to this conversation? Well, I'm a straight white man, so I am allowed to be a part of whatever conversation I want. I'm the final authority on virtually anything. And also, I guess for the purposes of this particular episode, you're also cisgendered. I am cisgendered. I'm a, I'm a straight dude. I, I do believe that sexuality tends to be on a spectrum. I tend to be on... I am on one very specific side of that spectrum, like 90%. And cisgendered... Maybe for you and also for our listeners, Ooh, meaning yeah, that maybe. you were born male and you identify as oh, male. Oh, um, yeah. And you said there's a spectrum and you're firmly on one side. I'm pretty clearly on one side of it, but I... So let, let, let's define ourselves relative to the conversation we're about to have. I consider myself a straight cisgendered person, but I know I have a little bit of buy in me because I think some men are very good looking. And when I'm at the gym, they're the ones I check out a little bit more. 
Not to the point. You also go to the gym with your wife. I also go to the gym with my wife, which is a point on the other end side of the scale. I meant more that maybe she doesn't want you looking at ladies. That's true. I also feel really creepy when I if to to look at ladies. I like people watching, but at the gym, it's a much more sensitive thing. But that's all to say that I'm I'm quite straight. Relatively well, I mean, speaking. let me throw this out here. This is mm-hmm. there's going to be a lot of education in this episode. I a, well, if a lot maybe, of it happening to me. Yeah. Yeah, and maybe for our listeners who aren't in the know, there's something. There was this guy. His name was uh, Kinsey, um, Alfred Kinsey. He sort of was a pioneer of human sexuality. Hmm. Uh, and he came up with a scale, which has been since dubbed, or I guess maybe he dubbed it, the Kinsey scale. It's basically, uh, it's it's zero through six. And on one side, zero is exclusively heterosexual. And on the other side, six is exclusively homosexual. Now, what does exclusively mean? Does that mean an inclination, an interest, or an action? Um, I think it just means that, like, so if you were a six and you were, say, a woman you would only be interested in women um and and that's it like you would have no interest whatsoever in in men okay and say i'm i'm a male it's do you say it starts at one or zero it's zero to starts at zero so zero is like nothing so if i'm a one on the kinsey scale as a guy that means i'm almost entirely into women but you would you would maybe have like the tiniest inkling of interest in men Right. Okay. But it, so that's so is is that where you would put yourself? That I think that's where I would put myself where my interest in men is not to the point where I I want I think I could ever be in a gay relationship, but I I like to mire from a distance. Um for my what well, I you said this in our first episode and I like it. I said it in a first episode of another podcast that I'm doing. Oh goodness, what did I say? Bon- bona fides? Oh yeah. The bona fides. Yeah, I like I like that term. Um, so, like, for me personally, I'm also cisgendered. I was born a man. I continue to be a man. I identify You're as a man. Yeah. On the Kinsey scale, I am probably more like in the, the three range. Yeah, Which so you know. kind of, pretty middle of the row, but still leaning a little... Wait, no, that is straight middle, right? Four, five, six. One, two... Uh, so, yeah, somewhere somewhere in the three. Zero, I mean, one, two. It's, three is the exact middle there if we're counting zero. So that's I mean maybe I mean maybe like 2.8 or something like that but I would say that 3 is like pretty decent. But that's where we're coming from. Um we're two I mean we're t- we're two men who have only been in relationships with women. True. Yep. And and that kind of puts us in a potentially uncomfortable spot to talk about um people who might be lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, questioning or plus signs. All, all things that we've never been in our lives. <laughs> people who are very positive. Yeah, people who are very positive. Yeah, I'm a negative person. I'll say it. What we will have said in the intro, because we were recording the intro after this, is that um, it's June, which is Pride Month in most places. Most places. It's Pride Month, at least here at the Scooby Dudes headquarters. And so we're here to celebrate that and to talk a little bit about Pride Month, a celebratory time, in the context of our show, in the context of Scooby-Doo. Um, as you will see on our website, as a podcast, I, I mean, you've heard, you've heard our theme song. Uh, we are, I guess, LGBTQ plus friendly. We want to be. And this episode is our way of trying to engage with those issues and, again, contextualize them relative to Scooby-Doo, which has not always been super friendly to that, or just part of that conversation at all. So how about we break down the acronym? And here's the thing. I, 
there's some jokes that I don't like to touch and that I think so little of. I don't I don't think I've ever said the words like within like a jokey context fake news because I think it's devoid of humor. I think it's been like and and it helps to death. erode. It I mean it's it buys in a little bit to people who say fake news legitimately. It makes that more of a legitimate thing to say. Um what's another one? I, I, here, well, and I guess no rule of threes. Just that's one example. And then well, mainstream media is another lame-stream, one that I really hate. Yeah. I, but I do, I do say like that one jokingly. Joke. I say lamestream liberal media a lot. <laughs> I do think that's funny. So that's not one of them. Um, but I don't like people who are like LGBTQRMFG, and you know it becomes this whole thing, and it's just like that's there's no comedy there. I think I've done that joke too, and this is, it speaks in, again to like just making fun of how many letters there are in there that people don't know what mean. Like, oh, who could even understand it? And I, th- I think the plus is useful. I think I know most of them. We're and we're just gonna do a little bit of a rend. So sometimes I think it's L G B T Q I A two. I haven't heard that one. Um, and I think that's lesbian, gay, bisexual, uh, transgender. Uh, queer slash questioning intersex asexual and then two-spirit and two-spirit is like a first nations sort of designation which is like people who embody like two genders and it's like it goes like way back like it's been happening for like centuries it's uh a way people have identified for centuries so it's not new so, so wait so there's there's q queer questioning what comes after that again um i some people say intersex and i've also heard I, I, did, I think I did say intersex. Interse- intersex is a new one for me. What's that mean? Because it sounds, it sounds a little bit like two souls. Is there maybe... Uh, do those two intersex? So I think intersex is someone who kind of falls within... It's, it's hard for them to identify really as either. Or maybe they sort of... Um, a potential foot in both camps or... Uh, and and, and um, on the often this is because they've been born... Like physically, they have been born a certain way. So it is difficult for them to be like, oh, I'm definitively a man. I'm definitively a woman. Um, typically not because that is how, because, yeah, again, because of their phys- phys- physiology. Well, like some people are born with both, um, both sexual characteristics. And sometimes parents make executive decisions to try and push the kid one way or another. And that, that the personality, that fo- that a person doesn't identify with that decision that was made. Um, and I'm not sure if that's what this is, but that's just something that comes to mind. That is that is something along those lines. Uh, let's just run through. We'll go back and forth. I mean, lesbians are women who are into women, like it's other women. Yep. You got listeners. You should have known that one. We're gonna get to the tougher stuff here, but that's consider that a gimme. Gay men who are also into men. Bisexual uh, men or women who are into men or women men or women both i I think we're all most of us are at least a little bit bisexual please feel free to correct us send us emails comment on our website if we get things a little bit wrong i i've i do okay but i'm a hundred like if i get if if i'm off base it's not uh it's not surprising there's a lot i don't know i have got embarrassing patches of ignorance uh in my knowledge so that's b t transgender um, to my understanding, that's when someone is born in uh, with sexual, physical sexual characteristics that they don't identify with, and they try to move more to match what they do identify with. Do I have that right? Yeah, I mean, it's essentially, uh, we've talked about how you and I are cisgender. So we were yeah. born men, we think we're men. 
uh, we, we're happy in men's bodies. It's all it's all good. It's it's, well, it's well, gravy. Yeah. Um, and then, but transgender, that's not the way. It's the opposite. And queer or questioning, that's not being sure where you are on the spectrum. Is that correct? Or just knowing that you're not Which hetero? Is, um, or not being sure if you're hetero? Uh, so qu- questioning is like, maybe you're not sure. I, I mean, I think questioning speaks for itself. It's like, I'm not sure uh, what I'm attracted to. And then also like, I'm not sure maybe mm. how I identify. Maybe, maybe I'm not sure if I feel like I'm a man or if I feel like I'm a woman or somewhere in between. It's kind of uh, whatever. And then queer is like a blanket term where it's just like... Anything that's non-hetero or cis. Basically, yeah. And plus sign, I am hoping that was not a typo in the spreadsheet that we work off of. Is that an actual thing? <laughs> uh, I think plus, plus is basically just... Because it's typically LGBTQ+, plus, it is just sort of covering over like... For, for the sake of, and, and I understand that it can sort of be seen as just like, oh, okay, so like LGBTQ uh, people, they're good, but everyone yeah. else gets like lumped within this like symbol. There are the people in the pie chart who are marked other. Yeah, I get basically. it. I, but I, I, I see both sides. On one side, when an acronym gets too long, is it still successful successfully an acronym? Does it is it adequately abbreviating? I don't know. I'm I don't have the expertise on acronyms that I do on sexuality. Again, I'm here to learn. So here's now. Let's 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 pivot. Let's hard pivot into Scooby Doo. Um, yeah. If you weren't aware of what LGBTQ plus um, identities or whatever were, hopefully you have a better idea. Scooby Doo. That's what you're here for. Um, <laughs> this is something Luke and I have have talked about relationships between the characters before. Yeah, and subsequently we've talked around non-typical hetero relationships between the characters before, but never really specifically focused on it. And, and let's be clear, um, Scooby-Doo is a show that was made in 1969. I yeah, so I I think what you're gonna we're gonna leap into talking about here is are any of the characters already LGBTQ or plus? Uh, the answer is not intentionally, not canon, I would say, but at the same time. I would say the original Scooby-Doo in the traditional canon most of the time doesn't have them as hetero so much as asexual. Yeah. I think it was so conservative, it didn't even want to portray uh, hetero relationships. I think it uh, moved away from even that. But, I mean, the fact that we never saw Shaggy, like, it was always Shaggy rooms with Fred and Velma rooms with Daphne, says that there's a certain fear of... um, homosexual relationships that there isn't of hetero but, relationships. I, but also like there was there was an era of time in cartoons and live action where it's like oh a married couple sleeping in separate beds right because we can't we can't we know that's not how the world really works but we can't portray that on screen that that in like i love lucy days was full penetration that's the equivalent of that they had um so i mean so, I mean, the question, were any of the characters originally gay? I, I think not. Again, um, not intentionally. Not, not uh, canon. If you ask the writers, I, I'm pretty sure across the board they'd say no. Uh, given the time, that's something we would never have been allowed to do. We weren't necessarily trying to do that. And, and there are, of course, examples. Like in comic books, there's a character named North Star, who is a mutant. Um, and North Star was mm. always originally written as being gay. But 
at hmm. the time when he was first created, that could not be explicitly stated in the comics. So it's almost like a guerrilla effort to portray right. this kind of thing. And yeah, I think you could argue that that was the case in Scooby-Doo. Is that what you're getting at? Uh, I'm, I'm saying it's not the case in Scooby-Doo, but it has been the case in other media. Mm-hmm. Um, so just because because there's intent and then there's interpretation, I don't believe there was ever the intent to be like Fred, um, Shaggy, um, Velma, Daphne, anything going mm-hmm. on outside of the, uh, outside of what is, I guess, uh, typical in, me- in in media at that time. I, I don't believe so. I don't think so. Yeah, but authorial intent is only one piece of meaning. In my opinion, audience interpretation is the much larger piece. I guess, let's, can we um, springboard off of there to say, what does the audience think of Scooby-Doo's sexuality? So I do have, uh, or the Scooby-Doo gang, because we're not really going to be talking about Scoob himself. You might not be. I am not going to be. <laughs> that is the majority of my questions. Oh my gosh, okay. Um, <laughs> but, so, uh, we, but yeah, the, the gang overall, is this something the audience believes or expects or wants? So we covered um, Daphne and Velma. Perfect point uh, to jump off on. Movie. Um, and so mm. metro.co.uk, they did a little bit of an, an article. Article is... <laughs> pretty, pretty, generous pretty generous to say compiling tweets. Uh, but um, it's just people responding to the fact that Daphne and Velma is coming out. Uh, one person um, said, I want it to be gay. I've been shipping this since I was three. Let Velma and Daphne out of the closet. Um, and, and then, and which sort of, um, I mean, if you go to Tumblr, Tumblr is a very LGBTQ plus friendly space. Which They're a very ship friendly space in general. It's a very ship ship friendly space. Yeah, um, they'd ship almost anything anywhere. And, and so if you go on Tumblr, a lot of the, there's a lot of fan art about Velma and Daphne. There's so much. It's just like Velma and Daphne are dating. Velma and Daphne are in a relationship. Um, we are going to touch on that. But there is one particular tweet I want to spotlight. It's by someone named mm. Dan. They're at Westeroyce. Um, and they loudly proclaimed to whoever would listen 28 people like this tweet Fred is pan, uh, pansexual. Daphne, Daphne is bisexual. Velma is a lesbian. Shaggy is gay. And Scooby loves Scooby snacks. One of these, categorically true. <laughs> it took me a second. I was like, which one is it? Oh, goodness. Is Fred actually pan? Is Shaggy gay? Does Scooby... Oh, no, yeah. Scooby does love Scooby next. That's right. That's the one. Um, so uh, I think what we should do, let's let's talk about just Velma and Daphne. Let's start off with just the ladies. Are, are, do you mean specifically the movie? Uh, I, I meant more the characters. How, how do we feel about this ship? Well, to start off with, in our interpretation, are Velma or Daphne, are either of them lesbian or bi or pan? This is something, we've talked about this in the context of Overwatch. We talk about Overwatch more than we should, but I think that this is the perfect springboard hmm. because Overwatch is a character and the poster girl of this game, she's literally on the cover of um, the game boxes for people who still buy physical yeah. games. Um, she's literally on all of the branding tracer. Um, was revealed in a comic to be a lesbian. Uh, she's in a relationship with another woman. Um, and it's a big deal to have a triple-A game have a lesbian character at the center. Yeah, almost like a quadruple-A game. As big as it gets, they're... And yeah, almost all of their primary promotional artist Tracer. Uh, and Blizzard has said, and I, I don't know if it was a press release, like an interview, there are other LGBTQ plus characters in the roster we don't want to just come out and and sort of um, oh. out them 
I guess and say like, oh, X is this, X, Y is this. We want to have it be more organic because again, Tracer's, um, the reveal was in a comic book where she was like, she was, it's Christmas. She's, she's racing around to buy like a scarf for her friend, Emily. And then when she finally comes home to Emily, they kiss and it's like, oh, okay. Uh, So not just friends. Which you might say is more organic than like her ultimate ability being like, I like women. <laughs> like there's being a voice line or something like that. It's given the kind of game Overwatch is, there's no easy way of showing it in the game. Right. Man, I wish you didn't bring this up because now I want to start talking Overwatch. I know. I'm sorry. Well, we can still talk about it a <laughs> it's little okay, bit. okay, but this is a good jumping point. Because yeah. a lot of people have been trying to figure out who are the other gay or sorry, let's just say, say queer because it's the blanket term, right? Who are the yeah. other queer ter- queer characters in Overwatch? And a lot of people have been saying, here's, for example, Zarya. Can you describe her for uh, our audience who doesn't know Overwatch? I mean, Zarya is, I think she's Russian by nationality. You Mm -hmm. might describe her as Amazonian in proportions. She's pretty tall and she's very built. Like, she's strong. And... Oh, and has, uh, like, uh, uh, spiky blonde shaved on the sides hair, I think. Is it uh, shaved on the sides? It's pink, pink hair. Oh, pink. Excuse me. That's what I'm but, saying. And it is a short hair. It is a little shorter on the sides, a little bit longer on top. Is, I, again, I'm here to learn. Is butch a bad term? You can. I, I think butch is a term that the queer community would use. I think that's okay. fine. I think that's what I imagine. I might not be using it right, but that's. I could I, see someone using that to describe Zarya. I think Tracer, because there are all sorts of like designations within the queer community for... I think she's like butch femme. I think that's like... Tracer is? Yeah, because she's like... Again, I think femme is like the softening. Okay, yeah. Um, and then she's anyway. a little tomboyish, um, and that might also be wrong. But yeah, I mean Zarya. Zarya is the female version of a beefcake, and I mean that in a very positive she's way. She's a great character. I, I really like her. I'm yeah. not good at playing her. Um, but some people have been like, "Oh, Zarya is probably a lesbian because look, I mean, look, she's very jacked. She has the short hair." Um, mm. And a lot of other people, there's been pushback where they're like, "No, no, no. How? It's so lazy. That's too easy." It's lazy. It's lazy. It would be lazy on the writer's part. It's lazy on the reader's part to interpret it that way. It's, it's like, oh, she must be the guy in the relationship. It's like, okay, come on. But also, if she was, would that be a problem? Because is that not art imitating life? Where there are there are lesbian women who are, um, I guess, manlier is not the right term, obviously. Hmm. But who maybe have aspects to them that some would interpret as being like, oh, this is stuff that men do. Only men yeah. can lift metal objects until their muscles grow large. <laughs> <laughs> I think the, uh, I think the next character that's going to turn out to be gay is going to be Hammond, who will be revealed to be a bonobo. <laughs> so, <laughs> a lot of, uh, for our listeners who yeah. don't know, a lot of non-human animals engage in homosexual activity. Very, it's not so strange. Um. <clears throat> All that to say, there's a lot of speculation about the sexuality of Overwatch characters. So it's a time-honored tradition that we're... It's more It's more to springboard off the fact that, um, is it... I think that people... Oh, I see what you're saying. ...rebel against the idea of, of um, things being too easy or too, uh, yeah. On right? the easy? nose, or I think in this context, nose? we're talking Obvious. about people looking like they have a particular kind of sexuality. And so I think when you talk about at... Vilma and Daphne, sorry. Sorry, please go ahead. Uh, just that <clears throat> I I think a a pretty bland reading would say Velma is the more masculine of the two. Um and so she's kind of like she's les she's definitely a lesbian, I think a lazy reading could say. Because she looks less feminine. 
or presents yeah, perhaps Velma, less feminine. Velma, than Velma doesn't pay as much attention to her appearance. Yeah, Velma has That's short yeah. hair. You know, yeah. Velma doesn't express, depending on the incarnation like a strong interest in men therefore Velma's a little and and so I think that's worth discussing right yeah is are those valid reasons to think that Velma is a lesbian or bi or what what have you or, or here, here's maybe a better way of stating that is that a valid reason or an invalid reason to think otherwise because and that, this is the thing it's very easy to, to say that like oh women with short hair are attracted to women you're Wife has short hair. Look, the only thing we can definitively say about women with short hair is that I am attracted to them. That's the only, the only very good luck concrete fact. It's we're yeah. I think we share that in common. Uh, I mean, cite examples: my wife, Tracer, Velma. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> All um, lesbians that I'm into. Yeah. Sorry. What? <laughs> what? Wait. What? No. What did you say? <laughs> uh, yeah, All so lesbians I, like, who I don't think, return I think my that's affection. Also worth talking about um is it fine to invalidate um that reading just because it seems too obvious i think it's invalid to assume someone's sexuality just by the way they look or present and that's difficult because i think in some ways we try to communicate our sexuality sometimes with the way that we dress the way that we act or present or carry ourselves sexuality can be a tough thing to talk about and there's lots of subtle ways that we try and show it and let it out um, but it's still, I don't think, ever okay to assume someone's sexuality just because of the way they look. It's, and it's also for, I, I think this is my understanding, I think the easiest way is to just ask politely. And, and of course, it may, it may be the sort of thing where they're like, well, we don't know each other that well, that's none of your business. Yeah. But I think that if you're friends with someone, it's not out of the question. I mean, if you want to know, you want to, it doesn't, yeah. you know, just do it politely. I don't think it's a good first question to ask someone. I think it's, if you want, why is this the one thing you want to know about me? If you're not interested in me as a person, why this? Yeah, it's it's sensitive. It's sensitive. And, and obviously for straight people, they live their entire lives with that not having to be a question. Yeah, with everyone just kind of assuming this thing, I think. Um, so all that is to say, I don't think that's a valid reason to assume Velma is gay or bisexual or any of that. Conversely, I think a lot of people might say Daphne is is lesbian or gay because she presents as... I don't know. I'm not sure why I'm inclined to think people might think that about Daphne. I think people... I think the reason people think that about Daphne is because they, they're pairing her with Velma. I was going to say, is the, the reason... The main reason you want to see either of these characters as lesbian is because you want them together. Which gets in a little bit to if, if we do have non-hetero or non or LGBTQ plus sexualities at play in Scooby-Doo, are they just going to pair off internally? Well, but here's the thing. They have paired off internally in straight pair, they, right? They do all the time. It's weird to say that it's inorganic when the same thing happening in in like in a heterosexual context yeah. has happened. Has happened, but it's also been very ham-handed when it's happened in the show. I think backing away from internal pairings could make a lot of sense. And we'll get to some speculation on Scooby, Fred in a minute, I'm sure. But just to hang... Hey, not Scooby and Fred. Not Scooby and Fred. Sha Shaggy and Okay, Fred. man. I, no, you're right. You're right. You're right. I, um, I guess, what do you think about that? Velma and Daphne together. Outside of how they look. Let's talk personalities, because that's the part that I'm most interested in. Yes, that is also what I'm very eager to get into. Because I think... Yeah. 
outside of this movie that we saw, this Velma and sorry Daphne and Velma movie, which if you which haven't really heard, built up a great connection, go listen to our episode. I thought we did a good job covering it. I think we did, and I also <clears throat> loved that movie. I so I don't think we see Velma and Daphne interact that much. Even even when movie? I think about the um, hmm. who's the guy he directed Guardians of the Galaxy, James Gunn. Even when I think about James Gunn's Scooby Doo movie, the two thousand and two live action film, oh yeah, I don't remember Velma and Daphne really interacting that much. There is one part when you're googling Scooby Doo sexuality or homosexuality, um, Lind- Linda Cardinelli, uh, Cardel Cardellini, Cardellini. But her her portrayal of Velma at one point, Velma gets drunk and is saying, "I love you, Fred or Daphne or blah blah blah." Like she's just saying what you could say is random, whatever, or you could say it's the deepest inner truths of her heart. Um, so there might be a little implica- implication there, but for the most part, Daphne and Velma's interactions are so rote and bland. And like the only parts they tend to bounce off each other is that, oh, Daphne's so pretty and fashionable. Oh, but Velma's so smart and brainy. And them kind of wanting to prove themselves in the other person's court of specialty. Or when you go to um, Scooby-Doo Mystery Incorporated, they're just talking about boys. They're like failing uh, the Bechdel test. So bland. Super hard. That show might come back from this and use it to tell something bigger, but they've waited too long. I, I know you're not a fan of it, and I know we have a listener who is a huge fan. Hey, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with liking that. I think that particular aspect of the show, I can't imagine enjoying. Or I so can't, it is... But... It's, I think it's hard to gauge the merits of a relationship between the two because there seems to be so little foundation for I mean, a lot of people were tweeting, uh, and I hate citing Twitter as an example of, like, public opinion, but that this Velma and Daphne movie needs to have them together, like, needs to make romantic moves between them. Like, why do it if not that? And I think there's a lot to be said for establishing a friendship there. It's not like a friendship between them is old hat. That is new and novel in its own right. I I think, and, and this is a light criticism of shipping culture and i will say just to get ahead of that i think that shipping culture is very valuable because there are so few lgbtq plus relationships in the media that if you want i i get if Mm. you want to see it i i think it's important that you see it because it adds validity to to your identity um but i will say that shipping culture very 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 often um does so at the expense of platonic friendship. Yes, that's true. And I think it's, I mean, two people who clearly could match, like I saw, I was watching a video of like why Luke and Han would be so good together in the original trilogy. And like there would be a friendship sacrifice there, but there would also, there could also be a great romance gained there. Maybe that's inevitable if, like, I mean, the reason, again, why I'm kind of skeptical of a Velma-Daphne relationship typically is that they don't have an existing friendship. What's to say that they'd click emotionally? Um, and if they did have an existing friendship, that could be the good basis for a romantic relationship. Well, I think that's the ideal, right? You want to date your mm, yeah. friend. I mean, don't date all of your friends. No, I say date your friends, marry someone you don't care about. That is the dream. You're the only... I love you. <laughs> at this point, at this the time of this recording... Not only are you the only one of us who is officially in a relationship, you are the only one of us who is officially in a relationship in the eyes of the law. True in both counts. I just really think with Velma and Daphne, we'd have to see more in their relationship than we see in most series to justify a lesbian connection. But either of them could be lesbian, and that would not be weird to me. Great segue, Fred and Shaggy. 
Fred and Shaggy. Can we talk about each of them individually before we pair them together and, and try and uh, load them into the Large Hadron Collider? Uh, yeah, who do you want to cover first? Fred. First of all, with Fred, if he's not gay, what's the point in being gay? If you know Fred's off the table, what else is there? What does he... Is it a neckerchief? Is that what he wears? He wears an ascot. An ascot. And I think that's one of the big reasons why people read homosexuality into Fred's character. That, and maybe just the fact that he's so aggressively non-sexual in a lot of series, you could read as him kind of love-simoning, you know? He's kind of a blank slate. Or like um, he's hiding something. I do... Like he, or he's not hiding it, but like he's... The world isn't ready for that part of him. I really wish I was better at... Like, I knew, like, a lot of the queer designations. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, you mean, like, I mean, I, I is think, Fred, and I, what you're asking, I think, is, is Fred a jock, an otter, a bear, a wolf, a twink, a chub, I, a bull? Do you have a page up right now? <laughs> is I, this, I jotted is this down a list a few. of zoo animals? This is, oh, shoot, these are my zoo animals. Hang on. <laughs> uh, I, think, I think the one that people will be most familiar with is bears which are, like, gay men who are larger, hairier. And I would say Fred is not, because he's not super hairy. He's not a bear. He's not a bear. He's uh, he's not a twink, either. He's too... His body's... He's too big. I would say he's a jock, as much as that's a valid term uh, for I that mean, you, specific you designation. You had the list, so I, I don't have anything up. I don't know how much this website was to be trusted. I didn't head down to Gay 90s here in the Twin Cities and, and interview people and ask, but uh, which is a club. But I think Fred is built, like, he clearly cares about his he physique. Takes, he take, he does care about his body. He cares about himself and his appearance. He's very well, well kept. How much can he bench again? He can bench 220, man. That's right. Two, he can bench 220 pounds. Which is no slouch. Although, to be fair, I, I could almost bench that much when I was in college. And I, I could not. I nearly hit 200, so it's not that much. Either that or I'm just that much. But, like, Fred, it is my favorite version of Fred, who loves traps, in my mind, that ma- that man is gay. And I don't know why. But it feels weird pigeonholing Fred into a hetero relationship. I, on the surface, Fred is a very handsome man who takes care of his body and is mm-hmm. very fashionable. Yes, and is, and is clean and well-kept. And again, I feel like we're stereotyping here, but again, art imitates life. Just seeming like clean and well-kept... And not dating people all the time can is sometimes stereotyped and read as gay. In the roast, who was the roast of James Franco? Aziz Ansari had that great bit about people like making fun of James Franco for being well read. Oh, so like, if you guys think like, like you read one book, cultured, all these dicks are gonna like start flying at your face. Start flying at you're gonna read one book and all these dicks are gonna fly. Yeah, like it's that kind of thing. I I could see it being a shallow reading of Fred there, but I mean it's hard for me to imagine. I guess. The version of Fred that's obsessed with traps, to me, bespeaks either someone who's afraid to show his real sexuality or just doesn't have that strong of an interest. I see him as either gay or as asexual. I really like the reading of an obsession being a cover, something to pour your energy and time into to sort of like offset mm. what you might be hiding. I don't think that's invalid, but what about Shaggy? Shaggy was a lot tougher for me. Shaggy, as portrayed by Matthew Lillard, um, has such sexual magnetism that he could be anything and it would work. Um, But I really thought it worked with him as a straight, potentially bi man in the James Gunn movie. 
Right, because he is interested in um in a blonde woman who is played by Isla Fisher, who is very fetching. And and why didn't they let her have her red traditional hair? red hair? I don't know why they they went that route. <laughs> Maybe because they call her MJ and it would feel too Spider-Man-y. Yeah, that's right. I I I guess that was believable enough for me that that makes a lot of sense. Shaggy and Velma I think is a little bit you're really pushing them hard to get there. But for Shaggy, I guess he makes sense as bi to me, if I had to put it that way. And I, I, I have to say, I recognize I'm kind of skipping past the possibility that any of these people are trans. That would also make sense to me as a kind of Fred uh, choosing traps as a cover or not really being comfortable expressing that part of himself. Oh, man. The parallel... Um, internet culture, at least in recent months, has sort of had this whole... You know what I'm talking about? Do you know what I'm getting at? traps trap which is look we don't Ugh. we're not in not that we're not into we're not into the humor i almost there, hate that we're even talking about there. it but yeah but it's a term for like a trans person who's like going through the change to ensnare people isn't yeah. that the we're, yeah we're just like you don't uh, not until you're sort of like in the bedroom do you realize that this person he's not cisgender and then it's like a rude oh, awakening it's like, oh, it's like a rude it was surprise. a trap um, which is horrible. Which is disgusting. Um, Not, I mean, to to have that kind of mindset. Right. To, we to decry we decry the the comedy around this. Not the act. I, like, I, it's not it's not funny. Yeah. I think that there should be anyway. We're not going to get into it. I think that there should be a certain amount of transparency, but I also think that there should be a certain amount of like consideration and, and understanding. It and is empathy for like to navigate yeah. life as someone who isn't cisgendered. Yeah, I mean, are they supposed to wear it on their lapel? Perhaps an armband? Yeah, like a birth a certificate? Like, is that what you yeah. want? Is just, are oh. You, are, oh, we're all birthers now? Is that what this that's, is? Uh, yeah, oh, taking shots. Um, that's all to say. I could see that working out for Fred, but what do you think for Shaggy? Because I'm, I'm, again, I'm a little bit of a loss for Shag. Here's, here's the thing. Shaggy, Shaggy's name is um, Norville Shaggy Rogers, which is to say that Norville is his birth name. Hmm. And he has a plethora of parallels with one... Um, Forsyth, um, Forsyth, Jughead, Pendleton, Jones the Third. You're right. They both go by different monikers. They both have dogs. They both have voracious appetites, mm-hmm. and um, Des- and, and despite which they're very tall and skinny. Yes, they have very lanky physiques, and um, canonically within um the the mainline. Are not in Riverdale, not in the CW's Riverdale because you know Bughead, but in yeah. uh, Mark Wade's Archie comics, Jughead has is been firmly stated as being asexual. Or I guess and um, I'd say, yeah, that was uh, Chip Zdarsky's Chip Zdarsky's Jughead, the main title. He came out as, or he it, not he didn't come out, but it stated like on panel that he's not interested in anyone. But yeah, I think that's a very valid reading of Jughead. And I think your parallel is very on the nose. Um, because Shaggy is traditionally asexual, I would say. But is that a convenient cover for something else? Well, here's the thing. A lot of people, and, and I watch Riverdale, and it is a ride. It's a lot of fun. Um, I actually like Jughead and Betty. It, it has finally grown on me. I mean, it helps that Cole Sprouse and Lily Reinhardt are both very fetching individuals. They're both uh, conventionally attractive. And you know, these are, these are two beautiful puzzle pieces. Um, <laughs> they just snap together. <clears throat> but I would say as a whole, there is little to no asexual representation in the media. 
they're, you know, one of my favorite shows nowadays is Billions because it's got the most stellar cast ever. It's got Toby Leonard Moore, who I'm just not crazy about, and Giamatti. Can you and say you're not crazy who, about? Who I'm just crazy about. I he was uh, he was Wesley in the first season of Daredevil. Oh, he's great. He's so good. You know, he's Australian. I did not. He, you'd never know it. Anyways, I think he's he's a revelation. But they have an asexual character, or no, a a non-binary gendered character in that show. But that person does go on to have a relationship, a sexual relationship with a guy played by Mike Birbiglia. Oh, interesting. Who, who is very convincing in it too. But I also love about that show that there is no comment made about it overtly. Everyone just naturally refers to that character as they, them. That's and, uh, amazing. That's and is very commendable. Is, and is portrayed by a non-binary character too. Billions. I think it's worth a watch. Um, but B- basically, what I'm saying is, asexual people are not well represented. Asexual people no. still fall under the LG, fall under the queer spectrum. And people misunderstand it so much that I just described a non-binary person during a conversation about asexuality. That's how bad I am right now. I I don't hate the idea of Shaggy being ace. And I also don't... And and here's the thing. A little part of my mind is like, oh, boo, that's so lazy. But also, I I don't think so. Or I shouldn't. I shouldn't think that. Well, it's kind of like pushing, pushing Daphne and Velma together. It's like, oh, it's so lazy. Like, you just want to see this. But it's like, is the alternative, the complete lack of a real female relationship any better? My, I did have this one thought that, like, I would see Shaggy as being, like, potentially gay and really chill about it. Like, I could see Shaggy having fooled around in college. So, wait, wait, you, you think that he's, um, uh, in, uh, Max. He's, he's Max from Happy Endings. Ah. Yeah, I could see that, where he has, like, no part, really, of gay culture or the mannerisms and, uh, you know, personality traits that you might expect from a gay person is evinced in him beyond the fact that he likes men which was it was a really it's so interesting like it was such a i think a lot of this episode has sort of revolved around this idea of like what do like we know what we want to see but how do we want to see it we want to see it in a way that's like nuanced and like not obvious and and is this supporting a stereotype or is this reflecting reality because there are gay men like there are gay men who are very flamboyant and this is a reality yeah and there's nothing wrong with that and and i'm sure and but are we was max on happy endings sort of like literally just a bro who liked bros because that's more palatable to like you know like the like um the average viewer Or is that an intelligent subversion of expectations? And I'm not really sure. At what point are you just reinforcing a stereotype? And at what point are you trying to say, hey, it's okay to be flamboyant and gay? You don't have to be a, a bro-y gay. So here's here's another question. Because I don't know how long we want to talk about this. I don't. I, 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 did you have more to talk about? And at this point, I just want to pin Shaggy and Fred together and say, what, what do we think about that pairing? Because I think that's the natural thing a lot of people would look to do. So cut a lot of this stuff. Let's just, let's just focus on that, and then we'll go on to okay. the next thing. Shaggy and Fred, what do you think? I... Is it an OTP? It's not an OTP for me. Not a one true pairing. It's not even a P for me. I, I don't think so either. I don't, I don't think so, because I think the thing is, Shaggy and Scooby are so close, and for Shaggy to be in a, in a relationship, and for me... I know that this isn't the common opinion. I like my sexual relationships to be um, romantic relationships as well. Yeah. That's just my, you know, different strokes, but that's, like, my leaning. 
I'd say that's a lot of people's perspectives. Doesn't have to be, but that's a lot. Um, um, and I think what you're leaning in to say, I'm sorry to take your thunder, but is that Fred and Shaggy have no relationship, no friendship. They don't have that closeness. I think that if Shaggy is going to be um, in a relationship with another person, it needs to be at least on par with his feelings about his best friend in the world, mm-hmm. Scooby-Doo. And there is not, it's not even remotely close what Shaggy has with Fred. Here's, if I think, if anything, Shaggy is, is bi or he's, <coughs> or he's pan and he's very casual. He doesn't want a long-term serious relationship. He has casual short-term relationships that are healthy and oh. clear expectations. It's kind of hard for me to think about revealing things about these characters we haven't seen before outside of a story context. And if I can, yeah. if I can writer's room it a little bit, what I really imagine is that Fred is straight up gay and Shaggy is bi or pan. And f- the connection between Shaggy and Fred is Shaggy helping Fred come to terms with what he really feels and wants and and is mm, well, Shaggy's more comfortable yeah, like, more comfortable because he's a laid back he's dude. a laid back dude who's laid back with his relationships and his sexuality and he's able to kind of like Fred is always calling the shots this is an opportunity where Shaggy is able to mentor Fred just a little bit and be like hey man it's okay no one's gonna judge you we all love you here man that is really excellent like, I'm a, I Daphne, really like that I know Daphne has a bit of a crush on you but she'd be more crushed if you didn't express yourself ah ama- that's great that's so good when we start building a story around it, I feel like there's incredible stuff that can be told with LGBTQ plus uh, relationships in Scooby-Doo. Anyways, that's what I idealize. And, and, I, and I also think it works within the context of Scooby-Doo. Yeah. And you know what? Here's another thing. I think Scooby-Doo, and, and I, this is, uh, you know, this is the English major in me coming out. Um, the, the reading that because Scooby-Doo is all about unmasking mysteries, there's a certain level of like, Having having self exploration be a parallel to that yeah. seems obvious in a good way. And I, I don't mean to tangent us, but that was your English major coming out. Is the English major in you gay man? Where where is where is the English major in you on the Kinsey scale? I don't often. Um, how often do I have? Re- I I don't think my literary interpretations often go in that direction. Though you know what? Here's yeah. a, um. Do you remember when we were in high school? And we read... I do. Kayam uh, Potok's The Chosen. I do. Remember reading parts of that and then faking my way through having read the whole thing. Kayam um, Potok's The Chosen is a book about uh, two Jewish boys. One is uh, from an Orthodox family. The other one is not. Um, and they have such a close bond of friendship that many of the people in our class uh, derided them as being um, gay together. <laughs> says a little bit about the school we went to that they were deriding them as being gay. Uh, and But it was so yeah. interesting because my reading was always just like, I have had very, very close male friendships. Yeah. And I was just like, you can have genuine, strong feelings for another, as a man, for another man in like a non-romantic or non-sexual context. And that's fine. And it's weird that there's been this sort of like, the, the whole gay panic thing. Oh, I, I see what you're saying. Like, it's hard for men to be as close as they might naturally want to be and healthily be because out of fear of being uh, st- uh, of being labeled as gay. Is that yeah? Correct. Yeah, yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, I mean that's something that I think you and I have talked about since high school because we'd talk a long time, we'd hang out a long time. You told me how you'd talk to other friends uh, in Canada for hours on the phone. Yeah, on the phone, which is like 
And I have no romantic feelings for this friend. I never have. I never will. But that was just like how we interacted. And I can imagine. I was just like, yeah, that's yeah. that was the strength of our friendship. And I'll, I'll say, I think coming at that from a judgy or a disparaging perspective is unacceptable and indefensible. I do really sympathize with people who want to see gay relationships portrayed because they're not. And it's like, oh, another close male friendship between the two male protagonists of this male, male, male a piece of media. Can we have one romance between men or women? I I sympathize with that a lot. I want to see I want to see all of it. I want what I think I want is I want more complexity in my relationships on TV, in movies, uh I don't know, comic books, whatever. I want to see I want to see more LGBTQ+ relationships, and I also want to see more complex friendships. Yeah, absolutely. I think both of those are areas we can move further towards. And like, hmm? do you remember um, I Love You Man with Paul Rudd and Jason Segel? I like that movie. That's a really I good I love that movie. Our friend hates it. What friend? Gordon. Gordon. Gordon hates it? Hates I Love You Man. Really? That's funny because Gordon's a, he's a, he's an I Love You Man kind of guy. He's not. Or, no, I, mean, I mean, like, he, he's the kind of guy who would say that, who, who feels those things. He it's, would say that, but he hates, anyway, he, he hates the movie. Um, but it's uh, all about those two central characters, I think. If you don't love Paul Rudd and Jason Siegel. Yeah. He hates that Paul Rudd's character in that movie is um I guess lambasted for being maybe weak or lesser for not having close male friends and that he's sort of like bullied into it. I think that's his primary criticism. I think uh, that's that's all to say. Yeah. Um but that like male friendship is the heart of that movie, but it's a comedy. So it's still sort of the idea that, like, male friendships are, like, funny. Well, I think it's... Uh, you could read it that way. You could also read it, like, wh- why do we think it's funny for there to be close male friendships? It's kind of a critique of people who think it's funny for men to be close friends or to be that close. And But it does kind of buy in as it subverts. I'm not sure. I haven't watched it in a long time. Did you have do um, you have another direction that you wanted to go in? The one last thing I'd like to talk about, if I can bring us into the closing thoughts of this uh, episode, of this LG Scooby-T-Do episode. <laughs> um, what about Scooby? And I know this sounds like it's a joke, but I am curious to talk about it. We did mention in this episode that uh, homosexual activities are are not uncommon among animals, although maybe not dogs. I'm not super sure. I don't know but about what? dogs. I know about it. Like I think I know that they're gay sheep. I know that mm. they're um, definitely in in apes, like like chim- uh, bonobos, chimpanzees. Um, but when it comes to dogs, I mean, no, dogs definitely hump each other. But I think it's more a dominance thing, right? It's, it's like dominance humping is a big thing, like with gerbils, I think, or maybe it's chin- chinchillas. Or it's just like it's a male dog humping another male dog, and it's just like I'm more of a man than you. I can hump you because you're wheat. You're you're you're, you're submitting to. You're me. a beta. You're yeah. a beta male. I mean, it's like what we do when we wrestled in college. We, that is barely a joke. <laughs> it had better be a joke. <laughs> Dude, I'm gonna be honest with you. My uh, my hip jackhammer move was not a real judo move. I made that up. <laughs> but I did I did wrestle you into submission many a time. I just for thought it. it was so weird that like, why did you have that? Why did we have that swing that hung from the ceiling? Like that's <laughs> people in wrestling don't use those. 
<laughs> no, man, no, it's good. We're going to have so many cool drop moves from this. <laughs> oh, man. Appropriate. Appropriate for the context of this episode. Um, is Could Scooby be gay? Could we portray that? Or is that too much like we're making fun of being gay? I just, I, I think it's fine for animals to be gay. I think in cartoons, especially for an, an for an animal character to be gay, would actually be, like, very progressive. Mm. Because animal characters in cartoons are seen as just they're just regular people almost right yeah um, i mean certainly scooby is is just a person and we see him go gaga over lady dogs all the time i guess what i just really want before we close the episode is for us to imagine what that would be like if scooby was into a male dog what what breed of dog would it be you've hit the nail on the head man what breed of dog do we want to pair scooby with can we end on this potentially light note it's it is potentially light I mean, like, some ideas. Male Poodle, or Chihuahua, is going to be physically on the other end of the spectrum from Scooby. So that's kind of an opposites attract kind of thing. I like Cocker Spaniel. Okay. I like, I I can think of, like, a, like, a pretty, a pretty handsome, handsome Cocker Spaniel catches Scoobert's eye. Yeah, I think, I think they would have fun together. What's the personality there? What's the, what's their dynamic? How, well, I think, I think here's the thing. How old do you think Scooby is? And here's something that I will admit to. I don't like... Oh, very hypocritical. I will say, very hypocritical. I don't like large age gaps in relationships. Depending on where the gap starts and ends says a lot to me. A 20-year gap? Hey, between 40 and 60, that's not huge. Um, A 20-year gap elsewhere is huge and illegal for a good reason. Power power, power Um, dynamics. I'm just very sensitive to power dynamics. I like there to be a certain amount of equanimity. Or maybe um, I don't know. Uh, equilibrium. I like there to be a certain amount of equilibrium within yeah. a relationship. So often age comes into play with that, and the uh, ability to consent. How old do we think Scooby Doo is? Do we think he's an um, adult dog because he hangs out with teenagers? Let's map him onto human age. Let's not try doing a dog age. If you were a human, how old would he be? If I had to guess, I'd say 25, 28. I just turned 28, so I'm inclined to say that. You did just turn 28. Happy birthday. I'm saying it to you verbally now. Thank you, Evan. I'd like, as a present from all our viewers, I'd like uh, five-star iTunes reviews and more Patreon donors. So, thank you. Um, but I'd, I'd say 25. All right. So, so yeah, it's a Cocker Spaniel. I think... Um... How old is the Cocker Spaniel? And, and this speaks a bit of the power dynamic. Do we think Scooby would be with someone who's older and more experienced and confident than he is? Because I'm reading that the other party is more confident. Confident. Hmm. More self-assured. Scooby's kind of the goofy, shy... I mean, he's always shy when he, we see him with lady dogs. I don't see him being the... Uh, not that there needs to be a dominant person in a relationship, but I imagine that being what Scooby needs. I want Scooby to be with someone who he, he can have fun with. And I, know, and I know that he has fun with Shaggy, but I want him to also have fun with the dog that he ends up with. Yeah. I, I had a couple of... I was thinking of, like, real masculine beefcake dogs, like a Rottweiler, potentially, like, a real handsome pit bull or something like that. No no English bulldogs? Good, God, God, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're not, we're not fond of that. I mean, like, look, an LGBTQ-plus-friendly podcast, to be sure. Yeah. But English but bulldogs. It, we are not English bulldog-friendly. You can take that shiz right out of here. I, my one thought is that I don't want it to be a dog that's bigger than Scooby, because Scooby's already a big dog. How big or, would this dog have to be? I mean, like, that's the thing. There's only a few kinds of dogs that could be bigger or as big. I kind of, 
I, I imagine it being an opposites attract kind of thing. I think Cocker Spaniel is a really good choice because that's a playful dog, but it's also like more of a sharp kind of like composed. Yeah, and 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 not yeah. not lap dog size like the dog yeah. in a um, uh, shoot the Beach Beastie. Yes, which was very much like a, a almost small. a pocket pet. That dog was like the size of Scooby's head. I don't want like Scooby's not gonna work well with a Chihuahua. Yeah, I think Cocker Spaniel. I think you hit the nail on the head, and I think that's. A pretty nice place to end this. I'm happy to skip over my other questions, such as how does gay dog sex work, or how does gay human sex work. Okay, or... my favorite clip. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm kidding. One of my favorite <laughs> clips from The Office is du- Dwight and Angela oh, Dwight approach Toby, Toby to ask him how gay sex works. I no, think it's, it's just it's Dwight approaches Toby too. And, is and both Dwight, of them? And Angela, the thing, it's so funny because she's so earnestly staring at Toby, like she also really wants to know. And Dwight asking, how do they decide whose penis opens up to accept the other man's penis? The others. That is my favorite late office line, period. When we get past, like, season four or five, that is my favorite line, full stop. Just because it's so funny. It it communicates his ignorance so well, and it perfectly makes use of Paul Lieberstein's uh, ability to be like exasperated and at his wits end as Toby. They must have been breaking. I don't know how many takes. I mean, they're professionals, but I feel like they had to have broken like two or three times. <laughs> oh my god! I I want to shake the hand of the man that wrote that, or just Rain Wilson if he improv it. Uh, but I guess final thoughts, man. What do you do? You, is there anything else we want to say about Scooby Doo in an LG? Scooby-T-Doo context. <laughs> so you did it again. Um, I think that Scooby-Doo is a good place for there to be for there to be queer characters. Hmm. I I think that it's I think that it's logical. Um, I think that it could work. Um, Scooby-Doo keeps going through different iterations. Uh, there's a, I mean there's a new show coming out that we have not really covered. Um, uh, frick, what's it called? Like who's with you, Scooby Doo? I don't know. It's you know, there's a new show coming out. I'm, yeah, I can't. I'm remember sure either, everyone yeah. will be portrayed the same. It's just, I think the problem nowadays is that franchises are are so strong. You look at uh, the Mar- the Marvel movies. You look at the fact that Jurassic World uh, mm-hmm. Park movies are still coming out. Everything's a franchise now. Everything, all of our um, cultural uh, currency, was sort of began in. Um, in like the 70s or 80s and this was a time Mm -hmm. in which lgbtq plus characters were basically non-existent and we're still playing it safe off of that momentum and but now we live in 2018 so i think there needs to be a certain amount of retroactive if we're going to keep going back to these wells and these wells are the ones that we're going to um bring new uh, art out of Mm. there needs to be yeah you need to retroactively make changes um like in, uh, yeah sorry i was gonna say i think we've already seen some of that happening when it comes to race which is like hey all of these superheroes were super super white and like the one superhero we have of color has his origin story in prison so like maybe maybe we could i know they didn't start out white but like we that's not the world we're living in today it wasn't even the world we were living in then and i think we're starting to see a bit of that when it comes we're not even all the way there with race yet but we're starting to see a bit of that with sexuality and we uh, need so more. It would be great. I would. I would love. I would love to see. Um, I would love to see queer characters anywhere. 
I would not mm-hmm. complain if said queer characters appeared in one of my favorite franchises. Nor would Scooby-Doo. I. My only my only thing I want to dictate, if I may, if and when that happens with Scooby Doo, is I don't want to see them pair off internally because I think that ostracize that actually creates divisions, or it it doesn't keep everyone closer within the group. You know, like when. When Shaggy and Velma are dating, it makes them more distant from everybody else in the group, and it takes time away from their friendships. I I feel like no in dating, but that's that's a nitpick on my part. My one criticism of that would be um, adding characters that won't ultimately stick around. And my thing with a lot of relationships on TV shows um, is that these significant others, sometimes spouses, depending on the show. If they don't become eventual uh, primary cast members, they disappear. Hmm. I think, and I don't like that. I agree. I think that's something that doesn't have to be that way, though. I think you can have a recurring character, especially animated. It's way easier to keep someone recurring than uh, if you have to keep the actual. And you, you can replace a voice actor way easier than a, a live action actor, unless you're Game of Thrones and you don't even give an f if they look the same. Um, Wait, what Game of Thrones character? Uh, Dario Naharis. They recast him, not only as someone who looks completely different, but they gave him completely different, like, costuming, makeup. They basically reinvented the character for the next season, and they didn't miss a beat. They assumed that people would be, like, reading Wikipedia to catch up with it. It was dumb. It's, uh, sorry, it's totally unrelated. One last thought. Googling was difficult for this because most searches of Scooby and gay or sexuality just lead to web pages about Buffy the V Slayer because they call each other, they call themselves the Scooby Gang. Okay, don't call her Buffy the V Slayer. Why not? What's wrong with that? What's, what's wrong with that? You know what you I did. I don't know what I did, man. Can you tell me a little bit about what I did? How about this? This is something that we basically never do. Tell us what you think about members of Mystery Incorporated being queer. Let us know. If you are of the mind where it's like, this should never happen, I believe Scooby-Doo is sacred, there should be no changes made, I would still like to hear that, if only to see what your reasoning yeah. is. I'd say put words to that. I'd like to hear it. I, I So far, I've only engaged with this subject with myself and with you, Evan, and that's a limited number of perspectives. So hit us up, write us up, whatever you do, stick around for the outro. What is the only good context in which you can say that something is, and I quote, so gay? Um, when, I, I guess when somebody's trying to be as homosexual as possible, and, and they want, you know that's what they want to hear, like, oh man, that's so gay, you're nailing it. Or, you think that they would be pleased by that. Yeah, I guess, I think. Or, I, I guess if we're back to Flintstones era, if someone is of that time when it comes to their language and you telling them oh the the kind of old time you're gonna have so gay such a gay old time here's here's the best part about that comparison is i don't think our listeners are aware of if you mean the time when the sims when the flintstones aired on television or the stone the stone age i'm talking about the stone age they they said gay meant a different thing in the stone age Actually, Flintstones era, they knew what they were saying. They knew what they meant. Oh, boy. What do you think? Is there any con? That's the only two I can think of is where you, you mean gay is homosexual, but that's what that's a compliment. Hey, that looks so gay, man. Good for you. Or Flintstones, hey, we're going to have a gay old time. So gay. I, I think you can say it casually if someone is talking about um, specifically, I don't know, homosexual activity. I think you can sort of make an offhand remark like that's super, like that's so gay. And I, if you're friends <laughs> with the person... 
totally cool. If you don't but, know the person, yeah. maybe watch yourself. Well, I mean, that's because that's a joke on the... I'm embarrassed to admit this, but I will, that when I was in school, gay was like a casual insult to be thrown out. Luke, we graduated from college only six years ago. Yeah, I mean, it sorry, was sorry. a different time. You said when time. you were in school. Do you mean when you were in that elementary school yesterday? Yeah, yeah I was throwing it out a lot there as like a casual insult. But um, I, it's my view on that word has changed a lot. And I, get, I think that's a funny joke because it's a send-up of people who use gay <coughs> as an insult. Like, oh, bro, duh, that's so stupid. That's so gay. But all that to say, I think that's a funny joke because it's a send-up of people who do that seriously. And again, if you know the person, they know where you're coming from. Uh, but here we are at the end of our LGBTQ plus episode, sort of like Happy, hey, happy Pride yeah. Month. Happy Pride Month. Regardless hope, of how uh, you identify. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hope that regardless <clears throat> of how you identify this last month, you had a gay old time. Yeah, Luke, Happy Pride Month to you. Happy Pride Month to you as well, my friend. Thank you. Yep. Um... You know what would make me so proud of our listeners, Evan? Uh, I, I have no idea. Okay, well, I'll fill you and our listeners in right now. Listeners, I would be so proud of you on this very Pride Month if you would do a few different things. First of all, if you'd visit our website, scoobydudes.com. That's where this episode is going up first and foremost. You can see original title card art. You can see show notes, captions, screenshots, and links to everything else that I'm about to mention. So scoobydudes.com to start. Um, Evan, do you have an idea of what I might be saying next? Maybe you want uh, all of the, I've made this joke before, 40-year-old mothers in our audience <laughs> to log on to their Facebook accounts, ignore what Doris is saying, and go to go to Scooby Dudes, uh, facebook.com slash Scooby Dudes. That's where you can like our page, and you'll get uh, fun little updates. I try to update uh, maybe like five or six times a week. Yeah, and that's one of many platforms you can come on to, you can go on to give us feedback on this episode. Here's another one, twitter.com. Twitter.com slash the Scooby Dudes, the one and only the Scooby Dudes. Hit us up there, follow us on Twitter, and uh, send us messages. Yeah, you know what? Even if you're a Russian bot, those, those follows matter. Hey, I don't care. Mr. Putin, sir... If you would be so kind as to wreck just a few, just a few of your Russian bots our way, I'd, I really regret this, especially given what kind of a force he is to the LGBT community. F*** you, Mr. Putin. <laughs> On this very Pride Month, you can keep your damn Russian bots. Um, also, we'd <laughs> love it if you would... Uh, <laughs> um, Facebook, Twitter, ScoobyDudes.com, iTunes. We'd love it if you go on iTunes and give us a five-star review. And hey, if you do that, and on top of that, if you write us a review, Evan's going to read it right on air on this podcast, no matter what you write. I'd be very proud to. I would be full of pride. Uh, Lastly, who are we most proud of? Dude, most, more than anybody else in the world, I'm proud of our Patreon donors. The people who... Every single month, give us money on Patreon.com to keep this wonderful project of ours going. Patreon.com slash Scooby-Doo's is the best place you can go if you've got the change for it, and it only takes a buck to start, to get additional Scooby-Doo's-related content. We're talking extra clips. We're talking extra jokes. We're talking original music that Evan and I have produced. Just me. And we're talking... <laughs> Wait, we're talking Scooby-Doo's.com. Uh, we're talking Patreon. I'm grateful to our patrons. It's uh, it's phenomenal that they've um, that they've come out. No, okay, no pun intended. <laughs> yeah. To to support this little project that we've been doing, 
um, we just want to say their names. Uh, it's very important to us that they be recognized. Yeah, to take the time and really give them their due diligence. Thank you to these people. Okay, due diligence was very wrong. I get the head shake. It was the wrong. It doesn't make sense in that context. You're right, Evan. Uh, that's it, man. Yeah, that's it. Join us again next week for yet another episode. For this week, I love all of our listeners, especially our LG Scooby T Do parentheses Q listeners plus you, Evan. I love you, man. Three times. You've done it three times this episode. I've done it four times. I did in the intro as well. <laughs>